Here we go. It is time to kick off the NFL season. Could be more excited to do this podcast. A lot to get into in this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I'm Farzee Vasugi, and thank you guys, as always, for downloading and listening to this Chiefs Zone Podcast. Hope you all had a great Labor Day weekend. Just got back from Las Vegas, so ready to be back in KC and get the week going. It's going to be kind of a fun week, of course. And I'll tell you what, I mean, for Chiefs fans, this is this is what you want. Chiefs fans have complained for a long time that we just don't get enough attention here in Kansas City. Now the Chiefs have six primetime games, the most in the NFL. That's what we've always wanted, right? I mean, you're, that's what you're getting now. This Kansas City team is going to be on the spotlight six times. And it kind of made, made you wonder, why is it that the NFL chose the Chiefs to get six primetime games. Yeah, sure, you're, you're happy about it as a fan, but at the same time, you kind of question that too because you know that the league could have kicked, uh, picked uh, other teams or at least someone else to at least kick off the season, and they picked the Chiefs in addition to giving them five more games. And there are a couple of instances in which the Chiefs have back-to-back primetime games. And listen, we know the Chiefs love putting the Broncos and the Chiefs uh, on, on primetime. So the league, they might do that again. Last year, we saw them both on NBC, both occasions. So keep in mind, the Chiefs and the Broncos do play in Week 17. I think that's a viable candidate for a possible Sunday Night Football flex, especially if both teams are in there for the division hunt or a playoff, uh, a wild card spot up for grabs. I'm going to read some of your guys' comments in just a moment. I want to remind you, if you guys do want to comment, you always want to hear your opinions on the podcast, you can do so by going to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Farzin That is my page. Give it a like. It's also follow me on Twitter at Farzin21. And also email me, Farzin at FarzinVasugian.com if you want to contact me through there. And I asked you guys, I said, the Chiefs and the Patriots. I said this last week. Uh, I'll read some of your comments now. Chiefs and Pats to kick off the NFL regular season in exactly a week, which, of course, now it's less than that. And it's Casey getting six primetime games. The first of six is going to happen in the NFL kickoff. How do you feel about the Chiefs getting six primetime games and also uh, including the NFL kickoff spot, basically? So some of the guys' uh, comments on here. Uh, I'll start with Troy, who said Sutton is still a liability. Chiefs will bend and break. Won't sack Brady once. Uh, and he has the Pats winning that game. Richard said, my thoughts are that I'm really freaking excited and that September 7th cannot get here fast enough. Eric says, let's hope the NFL does not rig it for the Pats, which they have done every time but once. Sean said, as a lifetime, uh, lifelong Chiefs fan, I say bring it on. You have to beat the best to be the best. To be proper champions, you need to, number one, win on the road. Number two, win on the biggest stages, such as primetime football couple more comments I'll read. Jacob says, Offense needs to be near perfect and aggressive, and the defense needs to create turnovers. Chiefs will put up a fight, but I expect the Pats to eventually run away with it in the second half and win 34-17. Ryan says, It's going to be a tough game. I don't want to hear Chiefs fans cry for Mahomes if we drop our first game. And then Sean, uh, a different Sean who commented on here, says, It'll be interesting to see how New England adjusts to losing uh, their top target in Edelman. Can't wait to see how Kareem Hunt does. Uh, if we see if we can get the play action going, 
And then uh, I'll read uh, a couple more comments here to round it out. Dexter says it will take a perfectly played game to win here. Luke says freaking excited. Right? Everyone's freaking excited. Uh, we just got to play our game and not beat ourselves. And then we'll have a good chance to beat the champions. And final comment, Frank says, can't wait to see our Chiefs go in their house and give them an old-fashioned country butt whooping. Go Chiefs, final score 31-28. to So a lot of people are obviously very excited for this. I think the fact that the Chiefs are being given these games, listen, as fans, this is what we've asked for. And now we're going to have that opportunity to see the Chiefs really prove themselves on primetime six times, maybe even more. You never know. Here's what we've got on this podcast. We're going to preview the entire NFL season. I'll give you my eight division winners plus my two wildcard teams for each conference as well as who I think will appear in the AFC and NFC title games. I thought about how I was going to do this. I'll preview the AFC West, but I'll do that a little bit after I break down Kansas City's 53-man roster and also break down their schedule. I promise you guys to uh, give the game-by-game prediction. Not going to go into analysis for each one because it's hard to do analysis for a game in week 15, 16, 17 right now when, look, a lot can happen from now until that point. Injuries could happen. A a team that may look bad now could look great or vice versa. So we'll touch on that in just a moment uh, or or later on. And of course, breaking down the Chiefs and the Patriots game. Plus something I learned, uh, some news that was revealed uh, before I landed in Vegas for the weekend. Some unfortunate news for the Raiders in Las Vegas. Uh, here's here's what's so odd. They're getting out of Oakland because the, the stadium's just horrible. It's really bad. But they could be dealing with another major issue in a new stadium, which, you know, when you generally, when you have a new stadium like this, you expect to have a, all the amenities, all, everything positive, especially in this day and age when you know fans are demanding so, demanding so much. And there could be an issue in Las Vegas. I'll get to that later on at the end of the podcast and tell you what that is. Some Chiefs news. Uh, some strange activity with the 53-man roster. I'll get to that in just a moment. Tom Bahali, though, is going to start the season on the PUP, as is Daddy Nicholas. So Tom Bahali will not be with the Chiefs to open up the season in New England. A lot of people thought he was going to be the surprise cut. I didn't think so, uh, but... I, I still think he's got some some stuff left in the tank. I know a lot of people don't think so. I still think he's going to be a guy that can be an impact player for the Chiefs this season. Now, some bad news. Cornerback Steven Nelson is placed on the IR after having core muscle surgery, according to reports. Now, he could return to the team later in the season. It's not guaranteed yet, but the Chiefs will have an option to bring someone back from the IR. And Steven Nelson could be eligible to return at some point he was originally on the 53-man roster when the 53-man roster was first made but then he was placed on IR and then that allowed the Chiefs to bring back CJ Spiller uh this clarity according to Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk which Steven Nelson because he started on the team on the 53-man roster they placed him on the IR and now he's eligible to come back at some point whenever the Chiefs feel like he's ready. So then they re-signed C.J. Spiller. That was the strange activity we saw over the weekend with, with C.J. Spiller. But the Chiefs do now have three running backs. At one point, they had two, just Kareem Hunt and Charkandrick West. But for now, the Chiefs, I mean, they've got three running backs. They've got their roster fairly set. People were unsure about what exactly was going on. 
Uh, but as far as the cornerback spot goes, look, you've got Philip Gaines, Terrence Mitchell, DJ White, and Kenneth Acker as your cornerback. So who's going to be the primary cornerback opposite of Marcus Peters? And you've got to decide wisely on this one because this is a pass-heavy league. You know that there are there are teams that love to air it out. They've got multiple good wide receivers. Uh, it's not like how it was 10, 15, 20 years ago uh, or even way before where you only had one dominant wide receiver and that was enough to help move your offense. I mean, this is a team that has, or a league rather, that has offenses that have multiple good pass catchers. You've got a big tight end and a, a wide receiver. Some teams have three big guys that they can really rely on. Uh, I remember in Arizona, you did have that season where you had three guys, Anquan Bolden, Fitzgerald, and Breston, who was with the Chiefs briefly, uh, all had 1,000 receiving yards. Now, that's rare, don't get me wrong, but there are teams that have the potential to do that. If they've got the right quarterback, if they've got the right pass catchers in place, the right offensive line being able to allow the offense to do its thing, uh, there are teams that have the potential to do that. So the Chiefs have to be wise about this. Defensive coordinator Bob Sutton did say that there's some flexibility with that position. Uh, and you've got some wide open spots. I mean, Philip Gaines has been around for a while. Terrence Mitchell, I thought, and I've said this many times, a guy who really did come along and help the Chiefs late in the season when he joined the squad. So there are there are some options here. And I, I think at some point you're going to see some different guys come in and out until Steven Nelson returns for the Chiefs. I, I think this would have been a great opportunity, or at least at the time, for the Chiefs to have signed Joe Hayden, but of course can't dwell on that too much as he is now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some good news though. Monday, as far as everyone outside of the POP and the IR, the guys on those lists, everyone else practiced on Monday. And again, that's great news considering players like Eric Berry, Cairo Santos, they were held out for uh, most or all of the preseason. Cairo Santos did play in the final preseason game. And Eric Berry didn't play at all in the preseason. So, I mean, there are a few guys who missed some time in the preseason. And now you got everyone healthy, ready to go. As far as Santos goes, uh, he did have that miss, uh, the extra point attempt miss uh, in that final preseason game. And uh, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe said Santos handled kickoffs and field goals fairly good and said he felt fine. So, of course, you trust out moving forward. Dave Tobe, one of the better special teams coordinators in the NFL, maybe the best, a guy who has been rumored the past couple of years to get a head coaching gig. So you trust his word when you hear it. As far as guys who were limited in practice, Travis Kelsey had a calf injury. That limited him in practice. Ron Parker with an ankle. Reggie Raglan, one of the new acquired players for the Chiefs, had a knee issue that limited him in practice. And Parker Einger with a knee as well. Now, one interesting story I do want to touch on uh, before we get into our division breakdowns. General Manager Brett Veach cleared up really something that I've been saying for a while. I mean, he he acknowledged the fact that the Chiefs did trade up to acquire Pat Mahomes. But he has mentioned that there's no quarterback controversy whatsoever and that at the end of the day, Mahomes isn't even close to starting. And this was talked about quite a bit by the national media Look, I, 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 even though I've I've been vocal about this for almost all ever since he was drafted, and it was mentioned that he could be out for one or two years just as a backup behind Alex Smith. Listen, if the coaching staff says he's not ready, you trust that. I have said that. Look, I'm just the guy talking behind the microphone here. I'm not a guy. I, I'm not the coach. I, you know, I don't see him every single practice. I, I'm not with him in the film study or whatnot. But at the same time, it's not rocket science. You you can watch. I mean, you can understand the fact that he was taken early. 
But if the coaching staff and the general manager are saying that he's not ready, like I said with with uh, what Dave Tobe was saying about Cairo Santos, you take that and you trust that. I mean, these guys are around them way more than we are. So, okay. I mean, that, that it is what it is. Again, at the end of the day, my whole deal is how much money you're paying him and is his progress. I mean, when he just get when he does start, he'll make some mistakes. You just can't learn from watching the entire time, and and I don't I don't believe in experience playing late in games when it's a blowout and, and the game is already decided. I I feel like you gotta get that real experience from start to finish in a game. So we'll see if that opportunity comes from Mahomes. It, it's obviously going to be either an injury or just absolutely awful play from Alex Smith in order for Mahomes to be inserted as a starter for the Chiefs to be the primary guy. All right, now it's time to switch gears. We'll get back to the Chiefs in just a moment, but I'm going to give you guys my entire NFL breakdown. I'll give you guys my eight division winners plus the two wild cards from each conference, starting off with the NFC. Go to the NFC first. Big blow for the Cowboys with the six-game suspension that Ezekiel Elliott has to serve. Now, there's all sorts of drama with Elliott and his camp. They're involved in some sort of legal issue with the NFL because they're trying to get that six-game suspension either reduced or absolutely go away because they believe there's no evidence of what Ezekiel Elliott did. Now, keep in mind, there have been a lot of Dallas Cowboys players who have been arrested this offseason on the defensive side. So this has not been a good offseason for the Dallas Cowboys. There could be some pressure on Dak Prescott in his second season, especially if the first third of the season the Cowboys have to play without Zeke, who was just flat-out dominant last year and, of course, took the Rookie of the Year honor. Giants are an intriguing team. Eli Manning has been questionable. He's been inconsistent at times, times where he just looks absolutely bad and times where he looks absolutely great. But since the arrival of Odell Beckham Jr., he's done better, and I think that's gone a long way for the Giants. The Eagles got off to a great start with Carson Wentz, but became inconsistent after that, and that hurt their chances. The Redskins... Look, I mean, the Redskins are kind of an interesting team. Yes, they were in the postseason not too long ago last year. I mean, everything's got to go right for them in order to in order to be competitive in this division. And I think that's a tall order. I like Jay Gruden and the path he's taken the team, but I don't think this will be Washington's year. I've got the Giants winning this division. They've got the number one scoring defense in the NFC from last season. And I think that's going to be key for them in 2017. NFC North... For the Bears, of course, you got Mitch Trubisky coming in, and he's getting some comparisons to Matt Ryan, I've heard, in terms of the type of rookie season Trubisky could have compared to what Ryan had his rookie season in 2008. But this this team is below average at best. The Lions, similar team to the Chiefs in the fact that they were a really good fourth-quarter team, probably should have lost some games that they took late in, in the fourth quarter, but this is still a team that has some question marks. A lot rides on Amir Abdullah and whether or not he can stay healthy, and if he does, I think the Lions... Uh, get a lot out of that in the long run. Eric Ebron, he can be a really good tight end, maybe one of the best tight ends behind Kelsey and Gronk. If he lives up to his potential, he can be great with Stafford as his QB. When you have a a QB like Matt Stafford on your team, there are no excuses for you to not live up to your potential. So I think that's something to keep in mind with Eric Ebron. Now look, the Packers offensive line, if they can stay healthy, protect Rodgers, let him do his thing, Packers are going to be in good hands. The defense, uh, there's some room for improvement there. If they can not surrender as many points, it would put less pressure on that offense. But hey, look, I don't think Aaron Rodgers minds. The Vikings, this is an interesting team. Sam Bradford easily had his best season yet as a quarterback 
this is the Sam Bradford we expected coming out of Oklahoma. Just took him a long time with injuries and poor play wherever he's gone, most of them with the Rams. There is some pressure on rookie running back Dalvin Cook. He's coming in, filling in. Big shoes, Adrian Peterson now gone. And I think at the end of the day, this offense, if they can get a lot from Dalvin Cook, they can be a three-dimensional offense. I do have the Packers winning this division. I'll let you guys know if I do have a wildcard spot from that team. The NFC South, I know the Falcons recovering from... That awful collapse, uh, the worst in NFL history. And yes, the Chiefs and the Oilers had higher blown leads in the postseason, but no one remembers those. This was on the Super Bowl. This was on the big stage. The Falcons blew a big lead against arguably one of the best teams in NFL history and the best coach QB duo in Belichick and Brady. Keep in mind, they're without offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan, now with the 49ers as the head coach. And I think that's going to make a difference for that offense this year. One of the highest scoring offenses in NFL history. Panthers completely different in 2016. Uh, compared to the 2015 team that won the NFC title, nearly went 16-0. A lot of players coming off injuries from that 2015 squad and could hold this team back from returning to its 2015 form. No, Cam Newton is still there, but he's got to have the guys around him to do well also. The Bucks are going to be kind of fun to watch, I think. Jameis Winston is expected to have his best season yet, and there are a lot of talented pieces on both sides of the football. The big question for me is Doug Martin. He was amazing in 2012 and 2015, and the other years around, he's just been a normal running back. No different than the average running back in the NFL. He's stuck around for a long time, and I think the Bucks are just hoping that he can be in his 2012 or 2015 form. And if he can do that... If he can be in his dominant form, that's going to be big for the Bucs, and they could have the potential to go very far in the playoffs. I have the Bucs winning this division surprisingly. That's my surprise pick this year for the NFL. They fell just short of the playoffs last year, finishing 9-7, but lost the wildcard tiebreaker spot to the Lions last year. NFC West, final division here for the NFC. We all know David Johnson is an amazing running back for the Cardinals. He'll do big things for them. Carson Palmer will turn 38 late in the season. Larry Fitzgerald just turned 34. But those two have worked very well together. Ever since Carson Palmer went to Arizona, I mean, things have gone really well for him. If Catanzaro doesn't choke in that overtime tied game against the Seahawks, then Arizona would have finished just one game behind Seattle and plus would have earned the season sweep over the Seahawks, who won the division. This could be the final year, speaking of the Seahawks, where you see that core from the Legion of Boom in the secondary. Listen, contracts are set to expire. Players, they'll demand certain amounts of dollars, and teams may not be able to buy to that, so players could go their certain ways. Richard Truman's still a great cornerback in the NFL. Quarterbacks continue to throw away from him, which is an indication of just how good he is as a cornerback. Uh, this team does still have a lot to prove, though, after how they... They won the Super Bowl in 48, and then in Super Bowl 49, the way they lost to the Patriots, uh, I think this team still has it out. They, they want to prove that they can really redeem themselves from that game. Russell Wilson wants to prove he's one of the more elite QBs in the NFL. As far as the Rams and the 49ers look, uh, not only are they the two worst teams in the NFC West, they might be the two worst teams in the NFC altogether, and they could definitely be in the top five when it comes to draft selection. Seahawks do win the division. As far as wildcard spots, I've got the Cardinals and the Falcons getting a wildcard spot. I think the Lions fall just short this time. Dallas, of course, I don't have them here. Listen, 
if if Zeke is out for six games, I think that's a problem. I, I really do think that's a problem. That puts a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott, and that could really be a big problem. And I think for Jason Garrett, the head coach of the Cowboys, that's going to be something that he's going to have to deal with. As far as the NFC title game, I've got the Packers over the Cardinals. The Packers moving on to the Super Bowl. AFC, I'll just say it now. With the AFC East, it's New England's division. I just don't see the point in really breaking that down. Uh, I'll get into the Patriots, of course, later. Number one scoring defense in the NFL. Uh, as far as who's going to be in second place, I don't know. Take your pick. Uh, it's, it's a big gap either way, whereas second, third, and fourth place in this division, I don't think are going to be too far apart. Look, the Bills have a great running back in LaShawn McCoy, but you're not going anywhere with that quarterback situation. They were 1-5 in the division last year and 4-8 and in the conference, despite falling just short of 500 last year. That's no recipe for success in trying to get into the playoffs. The Dolphins, uh, I don't know. Uh, how much am I, I, I'm just not going to hold my breath for Jay Cutler. I'm really not. Kenny Still, Devontae Parker, and Jay Ajayi, I think they're great players to have around you. Julius Thomas, uh, okay, he, he's good. Just wasn't the same tight end with, since leaving the Broncos, since he had Manning with him. Cutler, look, I'll take a hard pass on him. He's got great players around him, but in addition to this defense they don't have the skill to stop teams from scoring or running the football I think they do finish in second place I'll, I'll give you that that's my mystery pick for second place I think the Dolphins do finish with an 8-8 eight eight record but as far as the rest of the division goes the Bills I, I, I just don't see them really doing much this year especially with Tyrod Taylor I just don't see it happening I think this is going to be his last year with the Bills the Jets, what do you have to say about the Jets? They're competing against the Rams and the 49ers for the number one pick in the draft. AFC North, Steelers just got back Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben, Antonio Brown. I've said this before, best QB to pass catcher duo in the NFL. And I think Gronk and Brady, when Gronk is healthy, is a close number two. But the Steelers, they scored only field goals against the Chiefs, which I know we don't want to be reminded of that. That was a divisional round game. They scored only one touchdown against the Patriots in the AFC title game. Okay, actually, they scored two, but the second one was late in the fourth quarter during garbage time. So, they, I mean, it, it's, it's essentially a garbage touchdown right there. They need to show this, that offensive power off in the playoffs. They have it. They didn't do it in the playoffs last year, especially in that AFC title game. Now, the defense was great for the Steelers. They made it to the AFC title game. Again, I think that defense deserves some credit for being able to carry this team the way they did. But the offense did not provide a good balance. There was an imbalance with that team. The Ravens looked like they were on their way to possibly winning a wild card spot, but they slipped in those last two games, falling flat. John Harbaugh's got to make sure that they can be consistent late in December in order to get into January. The Bengals, look, I've got a lot to say about this. Andy Dalton has been amazing in the regular season, but no playoff wins from Andy Dalton just yet. And part of it has to do with Marvin Lewis who has the second longest tenured coaching gig in the NFL right now behind Bill Belichick. The Bengals have gone the longest in the NFL right now, the longest active drought in the playoffs. Marvin Lewis is 0-7 in the playoffs, with the Bengals losing in the wildcard round every single time. Before 2016, they made the playoffs for five straight years and couldn't win. Now they suffered a major hit going from 12 wins to 6. Marvin Lewis has had some great assistants who are now head coaches in the NFL. Jacks, Hugh Jackson, Jay Gruden, Mike Zimmer, Vance Joseph. Uh, he's been an assistant for some great guys. Cower, Billick, Spurrier. 
Margie Broda. But here's the thing, man. If the Bengals don't win a playoff game or, or don't even get into the playoffs, you've got to move on. You've got to cut ties with Marvin Lewis. At some point, you have to hold the coach accountable for seven postseason losses in seven postseason attempts. Now, the Cleveland Browns, they're not going to be a top five team from the bottom of the league. I think they're going to make progress, and I think Deshaun Kaiser will take the Browns far one day, just not this year. For now, I think the Browns still finish in last in this division, but for a team that has so much to improve on, I'll give them five wins, setting them up for better success down the road. For now, it's the Steelers who are going to win this division. AFC South, very interesting division. Andrew Luck still dealing with injury issues, not going to be playing this week for the Colts. That's been the Achilles heel for the Colts the past couple of years, by the way. Luck not being available as much. Meanwhile, the Titans are on the rise with Mariota. And they quietly finished 9-7 last year. That injury to Mariota could have been the difference maker for the Titans in missing and making the playoffs over the Texans. The Jaguars, defensively, I liked them. Offensively, got a good core of receivers with Hearns, Robinson, Lee. If. A big if. But if Blake Bortles can limit his interceptions... This Jaguars team could take the division by storm, but again, that is the best case scenario with Blake Bortles, so I'm not holding my breath on that. I'm definitely not putting my money on that to happen. The Texans, listen to this. They've won the AFC South back-to-back years with nine wins each season, and they've done it with QBs named Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, TJ Yates, Hinton Whedon, Rock Osweiler, and Tom Savage. Six different starters and they've won the AFC South back-to-back years with nine wins each season. Now, they traded up shortly after the Chiefs traded up for Mahomes to take Deshaun Watson in hopes that the quarterback convention ends in Houston. Now, the Texans are expected to play at home on Sunday against Jaguars. I know the Hurricane forced the team to cancel the game on Thursday, which was relocated to Dallas, but then they canceled that game because they wanted the Texans to focus on their families and just trying to recover from the mess with Hurricane Harvey. I thought maybe they would have some issues playing home games, but they're going to have their home turf. Uh, And I think at the end of the day, the Texans will win the division. With Watson under center and how good the defense is for the Texans, the Texans are going to actually look like a division-winning team. And with all due respect, you never apologize for winning, but... The Texans did look like a wild card team. In any other division, the Texans would be good enough just to get a wild card spot. Now, they're going to look good enough to win the division. So, so far, here's what I have in the AFC. I've got the Pats, Steelers, and Texans winning the divisions. So, here's what I wanted to do. Before I go to the AFC West, I'll break down the Chiefs. I'll start with the offense, breaking down the depth chart. You've got Alex Smith and the guys around him. Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, you know those are going to be your two primary guys. As far as everyone else, though, DeAnthony Thomas, Chris Conley, Albert Wilson, guys, who've got, they've got great speed, and they can make some plays here and there, but you've got to get consistency. Chris Conley's got to step up this season. I think this is a make-or-break year for Chris Conley, and if he can't step up and live up to the expectations and, and the hype from what he did in the Combine, I think this could be his last year with the Chiefs. Kareem Hunt, Charkendrick West, CJ Spiller, those are your running backs, A lot of people are high on Kareem Hunt. I'm not. I'll get into him later on because a lot of people are wondering if he could be a difference maker for the Chiefs in this upcoming game against the Patriots. Offensive line, underrated. No major surprises. Cameron Irving is going to be on the team. He's going to be a backup, but a guy who could serve as as someone who, who ends up starting if someone were to go down. Parker Inger on this team. 
got Mitch Moore, so I think it will have a better season than he did last year. I think he'll be in his 2015 form where he was one of the better centers in the league. Zach Fulton still on this team. Again, I think a guy who could get a lot of playing time, especially if someone on the interior of offensive line gets hurt. And I forgot to mention him, but Demetrius Harris and Ross Travis also on this team, who I was kind of surprised to see him get a, a roster spot. But Demetrius Harris, he's part of an offense where it's a tight end friendly offense. And Alex Smith loves throwing to tight end. So I think this is a guy who's going to get a lot more playing time. Or not playing time, but I think a guy who gets involved more, I should say, with the offense this season. Jehu Chisun and Demarcus Robinson on this team. Robinson's been on the team for a while. Had a good preseason, especially with Mahomes in that last game. So we'll see if he can do anything to contribute more in the regular season. But Chisson looked good on special teams. And that's what allowed him to crack a roster spot on the 53-man team. And that'll give him opportunities on special teams and even on offense when his name is called. So as far as the QBs go, you've got Smith, Mahomes, and Bray as your quarterback. And of course... Anthony Sherman as your fullback. Defensive side of the football. Gosh, I love this defense. You guys know me. I'll start with the linebackers. Justin Houston, D. Ford. I mean, it's it's a pretty good group of guys. You got Passing Yo also in the mix. Frank Zombo, great group of pass rushers. Defensive ends. Chris Jones. And he being on the same side as Justin Houston, they can do a lot of damage. When they did that last year, Jones and Houston on the same side, that was a lot of fun to watch. Keep a close eye on that. I know fans generally don't keep an eye on defensive linemen, especially in the 3-4 scheme. But watch Chris Jones and Justin Houston closely when they're on the same side this year. Because Chris Jones can definitely disrupt a pass block and get into the pocket. And that's when Justin Houston gets in there. And does his thing. So they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Justin Houston and Chris Jones on the same side. Alan Bailey returning from injury. I think he's going to be having a key part in this defensive success for the front seven. Benny Logan, the new nose tackle for the Chiefs, filling in for Dontari Poe. That's going to be the big question mark. How does he do up front? But overall, your inside linebackers, Derek Johnson coming back. Ramick Wilson now on the team. Eligue, uh, excuse me. Had a fairly good preseason for the team. Kevin Pierre-Lewis also on the team. Reggie Ragland was acquired by the Chiefs recently. So you've got some guys on the inside linebacker spots as well. DJ, I know he's getting up there in age, but he's still, at the end of the day, can deliver. Even though coming back from a heel injury, I think he's going to be a guy who can do some damage and try to help the Chiefs improve on that run-stopping defense. One of the worst in the NFL, seventh worst in the NFL and that's something that the Chiefs will need from guys like Ramick Wilson, Pierre Lewis, uh, Illigui, whoever else steps up besides Derek Johnson. Secondary, uh, again, you you can't you can't help it but smile when you think of the secondary. Marcus Peters, arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. Eric Berry, the best at his position. Ron Parker, very underrated safety. As far as the cornerback spot, other than uh, opposite of Marcus Peters. Philip Gaines, Terrence Mitchell, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder. And again, I think Mitchell, if he can get an opportunity, he's now spent a full off season with this defense. So I think that's going to be key for him and trying to help the Chiefs and trying to have a bigger hand with this offense. Uh, Daniel Sorensen, a guy who's going to be very active on the defensive side, a guy who's been also active on special teams too. He's going to be a big part of Kansas City's defense. He's going to be very active in rotation with the safeties. And he's improved quite a bit over the years with the Chiefs. Biggest surprise to me was seeing Justin Marshall-Lillard get cut, especially after that nice block he provided for Chisson on special teams. I thought he was going to be more of a special teams guy, but 
The Chiefs just don't seem to think so. And uh, parted ways with him. And uh, keep in mind, the Chiefs also did part ways with DJ Alexander as well. So it kind of makes you wonder uh, what the depth with the inside linebackers will be like this season. Special teams, Cairo Santos, Dustin Colquitt, kicker and punter, long snapper James Winchester, Pun returner, you've uh, the Chiefs website they their unofficial depth chart, which every team has to call it the unofficial depth chart because we know they change it up. Uh, Pun returner, they've got Tyree Kill, and behind him they got, they've got DeAnthony Thomas. For kick returner, they got DeAnthony Thomas, and then the second string guy is Tyree Kill. Now look, Tyree Kill is not going to be on the field when DeAnthony Thomas is returning kicks. The guy in front of him, which again needs to be a fast guy, uh, probably going to be a guy like Albert Lewis or Chisson. Uh, but it's, it may be Tyreek Hill in emergency situations when it's late in the fourth quarter and you need to get a big return, uh, or if DeAnthony Thomas suffers an injury. So I think overall, special teams is going to be one of the best in the NFL, just like your defense. It's just the offense. I mean, what what kind of an offense are you going to get behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? Now, before I move on with the AFC West, I'll give you guys my game-by-game prediction. For the Chiefs. I'll exclude week one. Because I want to talk about that for later. Week two. Philadelphia at home. I do have that as a win. I do think the Chiefs actually start off the season. Again this is of course excluding the New England game. I'll give you guys that prediction later. I think they they can start off with a nice surge. Beating the Chargers on the road. I think they can beat Washington Monday Night Football here. And then going on the road Sunday Night Football. This one was a close one for me. I've gone back and forth with this for week five. But I think they can take a win. Now, I think the Chiefs stumble a bit here. I think that I have them losing four of their next five here. Losing to Pittsburgh at home. Losing to the Raiders on the road for Thursday Night Football, which, again, also available on Amazon Prime. Last year it was Twitter. This this year they're trying Amazon Prime. Week 8 for Monday Night Football when Denver comes to visit right before Halloween. I've got the Chiefs winning that one. But in Week 9 at Dallas, if Ezekiel Elliott's back in time... I think he can do a lot of damage on this Chiefs rush defense, especially if it's not improved yet. Now, again, Week 9 is ways away, so we'll see how that goes. But that's also the start of November, by the way, which I think that's also crunch time. I mean, that's really when things start to heat up. Week 10 is a bye for the Chiefs. Week 11, the Chiefs visit the Giants. And by the way, that's the second 12 p.m. game of the season for the Chiefs. And that's on November 19th. And this will, by the way, be the uh, first of four straight 12 p.m. games, uh, provided there's no flex situation for Sunday Night Football. But the Chiefs, I think they lose that game to the Giants. After that, after losing four of five, I can see them going on a big surge to finish the season. I can see them beating Buffalo at home, the Jets on the road, Oakland at home, the Chargers at home for a Saturday Night Football game. Week 16 at home against Miami. That's a final home game. And then week 17, I mentioned this early in the show, a, a candidate for possibly being flexed to Sunday Night Football on the road at Denver. I can see the Chiefs winning that game as well to wrap up the season. So I can see them winning their last six games to finish out the season. They'll run into some trouble in the middle of the road, but I think they can find a way to make up for it and finish strong. AFC West, I'm going to break that down now for you. A little bit more full-blown than I did for the other divisions. Fourth place, I've got the Chargers. Joey Bosa's a monster. We know that. They aren't a great team on defense, but they've got some pieces there. They've got great receivers in Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, Mike Williams, and I'll throw in Tyrell Williams in there, sure. And of course, you've got Antonio Gates. But this offensive line is not good. 
This offensive line, I don't think, will be able to consistently give Phillip Rivers the time he needs on a consistent basis to get the ball to all these great players he's got around him. They will improve from their four-win record, mark my words, but not by much. I know a lot of people have the Chargers as a dark horse team. I don't. And I think Anthony Lynn has a long ways to go with this squad. Third place, I've got the Broncos. In 14 games that Trevor Simeon played for a seventh-round pick, not bad. Gotta give him some props there. Looking back, I think teams would have drafted him sooner. But if he wants to be a starter in this league, he's got to improve. 3,400 passing yards won't cut it in the NFL. After a 4-0 start, the Broncos finished 2-4, falling flat. They looked horrible against the Titans, the Pats, and the Chiefs, combining for just 23 points in those three December matches. The only reason they routed the Raiders late in the season is because Derek Carr got hurt the previous game against the Colts. Listen, this defense, even with recently released TJ Ward, is sound and stout. This defense is not easy to score against. Kansas City put up 66 points in essentially nine quarters because they did play the entire 15-minute period for the overtime game in the first meeting. That They scored 66 points in nine quarters. That's 7.3 points per quarter against a defense that finished fourth in the league in scoring. But this offense is a big mystery with Simeon. He'll be the starter. Osweiler's back in there. He's got familiarity with Mike McCoy. Don't forget about that. Paxton Lynch dealing with a shoulder sprain that at this point could be a bust. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders have not been able to live up to their potential. They really haven't. Even the year the Broncos won the Super Bowl, due to either poor QB play or just average play from Peyton Manning and Trevor Simeon, those two guys have not been able to showcase their skills on the field. Coming off a Super Bowl win, Denver drafts a QB and they have not been able to compete. They just haven't. I know rookie QBs don't win Super Bowls, but I think with this defense, a rookie QB could do so. Listen, head coach Vance Joseph has a lot to figure out with the QB situation. Otherwise, listen, you've got to figure it out soon because if you don't, contracts are going to be up on the defensive side. I've said this with the Seahawks. I'll say it with the Broncos. Your shot at a Super Bowl could go out. Uh, winning another Super Bowl could go out the door and could be a waste, a wasted opportunity because you've got a great defense. You really do. All right, I'm going to tell you guys who I think will finish second and first now. Broke down the Chiefs. I'll break down the Raiders. Most talented team in the AFC West. When healthy, Derek Carr can do some great things. His injury prevented a possible round three between Casey and Oakland. Casey, of course, couldn't get through Pittsburgh, but I think it could have happened. I was really high on that. You guys, If you guys listened long enough, you guys remember me saying that. Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, dangerous wide receiver duo. Cooper, great vertical threat. Crabtree was key in the end zone. Offensive line, astounding. Donald Penn, Clesio Semele, Rodney Hudson. Oh, and Marshawn Lynch is coming back. He may be rusty, but if you're going to come out of retirement, this is the offensive line to come out of retirement for. This is going to be worth coming out of retirement for Marshawn Lynch with this offensive line. By the way, this offensive line allowed just 18 sacks last year, best in the NFL. Defensively, this is interesting. Oakland had 30 takeaways behind Kansas City's league-leading 33. They were below average in total yards, passing yards, and rushing yards, as well as scoring uh, defense. They were dead last with just 25 sacks. Khalil Mack had 11. Bruce Irvin had 7. Four others had 2.5 or less. The secondary consisting of Reggie Nelson, David Emerson, Sean Smith, Carl Joseph, 
They'll get some picks here and there because of Khalil Mack. Mack is essentially carrying this defense. Without him, Oakland has to score 30 or more points on offense in order to win a lot of games. Similar to Kansas City when Dick Vermeil was here. Who do I think takes the AFC West? Look, I think it's going to be close. I've looked at the schedule for both teams. I've gone back and forth with Casey and Oakland. And keep in mind, they both finished with the same record last year. I think Oakland wins the division this year. I do. I have said that. I think that the Raiders will take the AFC West for a while. And I'm going to stick to my longtime prediction of this. I think they both finish once again, though, with the same exact record in 2017. Just like 2016. I think Casey struggles in October and early November. Oakland will struggle in late November and early December. So I've got the Raiders winning the division. I've got the Chiefs and the Titans as wildcard teams. I've got the Patriots over the Raiders in the AFC title game. And in the Super Bowl, I've got the Pats over the Packers in the Super Bowl. Which, by the way, if you were listening, I said that the Chiefs and Raiders are going to finish with the same record as they did last year. Which, if you paid attention, you may know my prediction for week one. Let's get into that now. Final segment of the show. Uh, And then I'll touch on some Raiders news in just a moment to wrap up the show. But... Chiefs and Pats, that big game. Patriots had the number one scoring defense last year. Chiefs had the most takeaways last year. Patriots won the Super Bowl without Gronkowski. The Chiefs struggled on offense to find consistency. The Chiefs do, however, have the most electrifying and exciting player in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. Now, the Pats are missing Julian Edelman, but look, I'm not going to go on with that because, remember, the Pats won a Super Bowl without Gronk. Chris Hogan and Damian Amendola, they'll do just fine. They'll serve just well with this offense. Now you got Deion Lewis and James White, your running backs for the Patriots, who I think will split the load in the backfield for the team uh, for most of this year. We'll see how they go with that. But look, it's it's all about Brady in the passing game. However, with Casey's inability to stop the run, finishing 26th last year, I mentioned earlier that was the 7th worst in the league. Bilicek could utilize the running game more than we might expect. You know the Chiefs are going to bring it with their front seven. Justin Houston, he's back hopefully in his 2014 form. D. Ford looking to build off his first half dominance. Chris Jones, I mentioned what the damage he can do. If they pressure Brady and force ill-advised passes, which I, I, I'm sure is going to happen, you know the Chiefs are not going to let opportunities of an interception pretty much go to waste. You've got Eric Berry. You've got Marcus Peters. Ron Parker, one of the league leaders in pass deflections. This is a scary group of pass rushers to go up against and a scarier group of defensive backs. I think Brady will struggle. And I think that's why Belichick might consider utilizing the rushing attack more because he knows what this defense is capable of against quarterbacks, even elite ones. I think Brady will struggle in this game. I really do. He threw only two picks last year playing in 12 games. Keep in mind he had that four-game suspension due to the football deflate gate. I think he throws at least one interception, but if I had to put my money down, I think he equates his 2016 regular season interception total in one game to start off the 2017 NFL season against the Chiefs. I really think it could be that big of a problem for Tom Brady. Offensively, Alex Smith looked good in the preseason, but it is just a preseason. Got to keep that in mind. Even though the Patriots were really good at not allowing yards, Alex Smith can do it against the Pats. Pats were one of the better defensive football teams last year. I know it's all about Brady, 
but that defense also did a lot too. The dink and dunk passes for the Chiefs are going to, they have to be on full effect. You have speedsters on this offense that can help move the chains, even if it's just for a few yards. But in the red zone, this is where things get interesting with Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek Hill, of course, can shake things up. He can either dominate with those home run touchdown plays or in the red zone, use him as a decoy the same exact way you did against Pittsburgh in the playoffs on the opening drive when you threw it to a wide open Albert Wilson in the end zone. Got to do more of that, though, and be consistent with it because you know teams are going to be glued in on Tyreek Hill. Where's Tyreek Hill? Where is he moving to? I mean, should we follow his path? The Chiefs have got to do more of that. And I know with Andy Reid and his experience as a coach, he'll bring that out to play. He definitely will. The big question mark is Kareem Hunt, who is a starter due to Spencer Ware's injury. And I know everyone's expecting him to do some really big things. I'm not as high on him as everyone else is. I think he can help the Chiefs. This year, I think he'll be able to move the football, move the chains, get some first downs and whatnot. I think he can do that in this game a little bit too. But I also see him splitting the duties with Charkandrick West just to kind of start things off in his time with the, with the Chiefs. I just don't see him being a big impact player in this game. Here's where I think could be the big difference maker. Special teams, that'll be key. Goskowski, he's money for the Patriots, rarely misses. He's been higher than 80% each of the last six years. Did slip a bit last year, but still one of the better kickers in the NFL. But DeAnthony Thomas and Tyreek Hill have proven that they can do some damage in the return game. That could be where they either score, if they can come up with one score on special teams, or, and I think they can still do this regardless, help the offense start off with, with great field position. You're already putting pressure on New England's really great defense to come up with a stop or a turnover because the offense sets up with great field field position. You saw the Atlanta Falcons exploit the rushing attack in the first half of the Super Bowl, and it worked. Now, don't remind Falcons fans this, but it only worked for one half. Only worked for one half. Okay, okay three quarters, whatever. I think Smith's scrambling, this is where I think could be another big difference maker. Smith's scrambling abilities, and I think Hunt and Wes, if they can, if they can do well, when their number is called. I think that is going to be huge for the Chiefs. You saw what Atlanta did in that Super Bowl with their rushing attack. A lot of people thought it, they were going to go through the year quite a bit. They didn't in that first half. That's why they got that big lead. They really were doing some unexpected moves with the rushing attack. And listen, let's not let's not forget about Tyreek Hill. He was a running back in college. He took some handoffs for the Chiefs. Line up in the pistol formation, got, got the ball on a sweep play. I mean, the, the way that he lines up could be in the pistol formation again. We'll see. They could do a lot of things with Tyreek Hill. I mean, you know Andy Reid's creativity. It's there. And he'll do it in this game. He, you have to do it in this game, especially against a team like New England. And I think that could really hurt New England and throw that defense off when they're going up against Tyreek Hill. Listen, they don't allow a lot of yards. But I think the way Alex Smith moves the football, not only with his short passes, I know he's not a deep pass guy. I think he will go for that a couple times in this game, though. I think those short passes are going to really hurt the Patriots. And on top of that, Alex Smith's scrambling abilities, that's another thing that could be a key factor for the Chiefs. I don't don't know if I was going to really say it. I honestly did not have a prediction until this weekend. I've got the Chiefs pulling off the upset to start off the season. I've got them winning this game 27-26, starting off the NFL season with a bang for 2017. 
Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzee Vesugian. Give it a like. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. You guys can also email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Wrapping up the show, one quick thing I want to mention. Something I learned when I was uh, in Las Vegas. I flew in Friday. And just talking to a couple of people who, who are from the town, I, I was asking about the Raiders and where the location is going to be and whatnot. And they mentioned that the parking is going to be an issue. If you thought Arrowhead parking was bad, just listen to this. I mentioned this on the Facebook page. Some of you guys probably already know this. And I showed a screenshot. So if you're familiar with Vegas, the Raiders stadium is going to be on the other side of 15 Highway where Mandalay Bay is, which is pretty much very far south of the Strip. Now, this Raiders complex that they're expecting to have and put together the report just for this came out thursday the raiders the las vegas raiders that is are expected to have just 2300 parking spots which is 16,000 parking spots shy of what's needed essentially the goal and i talked and i asked about the mayweather packy or uh excuse me the mayweather mcgregor fight and they, they talked about how crazy it was because everybody was driving in that direction. They wanted to see the, the fight or at least be close to it if they're not going to see it in person. And I think there was some sort of report about 1,500 private jets landed in Vegas for that fight. Now listen, if the Raiders are going to be a, a, a team that'll be one of the better teams in the NFL, one of the best in the NFL for years to come, I think the whole private jet thing... Listen, I think a lot of people are going to want to fly. What's a better thing to do than enjoy a weekend off? Even if it's just a short weekend, go to Vegas and catch an NFL game. Oh, by the way, the Raiders just happen to be a great team, so there's an even better reason to go there. Oh, you're not a Raiders fan, but your favorite team that just happens to be really good is is going to be playing in Vegas? That's another reason to go in there. So you've got to consider that the traffic could be very high for these games. The volume could be very high. And people who've been to Vegas, again, they know what you guys know what I'm talking about. This is a mess that's waiting to happen if the city of Las Vegas does not step in and do something about it. There is land just a little bit further south. It's not necessarily part of the Strip. You can still see the Strip in the background, but the Raiders want the stadium to be part of the Strip. And... There's just no feasible way to make it happen because of the parking spots. So this is going to be a mess waiting to happen. I don't know what it's going to be like for the Raiders, but man, if you thought Arrowhead parking was bad, wait for Las Vegas. Uh, that's going to be interesting. I, I'm still willing to go. I still want to go out there and catch a Chiefs and Raiders game there. But man, I, I'm also anticipating the uh, the craziness. A couple years away still, so there is time for the city to try to make improvements and try to figure things out but gosh right now it does not look like there is a feasible solution to that there we have it that is the chiefs Zone podcast the first preview edition of the season hopefully we'll have a lot of fun episodes on the podcast i'll do a better job of bringing on guests this year that's a promise i'll definitely work on that and have more guests on this season so we'll have that let a friend know about the chief zone podcast subscribe on itunes and google play post it on social media let a friend know about it facebook.com slash farzine is my facebook and at farzine 21 is my twitter farzine at farzine is my email thank you again for listening to the chief zone podcast enjoy the opener thursday night football chiefs and patriots we'll have a podcast on saturday I will break down the game between the Chiefs and the Patriots, and then we will be back early next week 
for a preview of the Chiefs and Eagles. So keep that in mind for what will be coming up for the Chiefs on podcast. Until then, I'll talk to you guys on Saturday. Enjoy Thursday Night Football.